Welcome back to POTB Points on the Bench Podcast. Welcome back to Points on the Bench, your fantasy baseball podcast. This is episode 14 of the 2019 baseball season, number 76 overall. We're your host, Chris, alongside Rick and Hanley, recording at the one and only Northgate Studios at UC Berkeley. How you guys doing this week? I'm doing good. I'm clawing my way up from last place in our league. Yeah, you know, there's a couple of uh, there's there's you can't a, call it clawing if you haven't moved anywhere. Well, I'm I, 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 this might be my first win. This yeah. might be my first win. So. Yeah, okay. well, and then, trending in the right direction. If I can close out the weekend. Yeah, well, last year, you know, Chris and Rick managed a team together. So this year, Rick and I are also managing a separate team together, and our yeah. team is finally. Finally hitting hitting its stride. We're, We're turning things around. It. Yeah, we made We're some moves, yep. made some pickups, some waiver claimers. What place are you in? Uh, that league, I think we're we're like oof, bottom third of the league. Okay, um, so you guys are using things like clawing back and crushing it, but your teams are all below sixth place. So I'm a bit confused by the language. It's a week by week basis, man. It's a week by week. These are matchup you know, leagues, all right. So Rick, yeah, as you can have like a couple bad early. You can no, have it's early. It is early, all right. Oh, it's this is the third week, all right? You know, Me after the fourth or fifth week, you can't just this keep saying week? it's this early. <laughs> it's early. Uh, We're still in April. Once we get out of April, then it's not early. Panic time? <laughs> then drop, it's drop, drop. Time, to, time to blow up the team, which I'm, I'm about to blow it up. <laughs> All right, well, on this episode, we're going to go into this day in baseball along with our segment, Possible Droppables. Are you buying or selling? Waiver Claimer. And we're going to end it with streamers all the way Tuesday through Sunday. Yeah. Lots of streamers. I like it. Mm -hmm. All right, so this day in baseball. This This day day in baseball. baseball. Back in 1983, Nolan Ryan becomes the first of three major leaguers that season to break the all-time strikeout uh, leader record. Wow. But then Nolan Ryan, in his career, later you know, beat out the other two who beat the record that year. And he is currently the leader in strikeouts with 5,714 strikeouts. The next closest is Randy Johnson at 4,875. Now, 1983, I thought, man... Nolan Ryan, that that's kind of early to break the record. I, I remember him pitching in like the early 90s. Right. He pitched another 10 years after that. So he just racked up the strikeouts, was striking out 10 and a half per nine up until like his third third to last season. So Nolan Ryan, the beast. Well, like is, I mean, are, are his strikeout records safe? You know, like his pitchers oh. just aren't going oh, yeah. that far into games anymore, let alone that like well i guess some guys are pitching for that length of time now but does it even out with all the strikeouts that are happening now yeah but the thing is but he pitched 30 years yeah nolan ryan pitched 27 seasons he had 27 seasons like i yeah he had uh, 5,386 innings pitched that's ridiculous. I mean, you're, you're also yeah. You're also assuming that you're going to have guys who are high strikeout guys who manage to last that long yeah. without you know Tommy John surgery, without shoulder problems, without back problems, knee problems, whatever. I mean, like we, we see that with Kershaw, right? Looks very promising. Had had those back issues. They they, they came back. You know, just constantly injured. It's it's tough these days. Ranked yeah, twenty three is Justin Verlander with two thousand seven hundred fifty two. Oh. 
So he's about three thousand away. Yeah, there's no that. that CC Sabathia is at seventeen, but he's still three that, away. Yeah, that record's pretty safe. Yeah, you don't see 30, 27 year players anymore. Yeah, right. Um, you don't see twenty seven year old players. Period. Much less pitchers. Yeah. So uh, interesting side note: when I was researching this, Reggie Jackson leagues uh, leads the all time strikeout leader for hitters. Oh, with Reggie Jackson. I would never would have thought Reggie Jackson. Oh, huh. XA. All right. Well, let's go into a speed round in our segment, possible droppables. We're going to go through five players fast. I'm going to ask Rick and Hanley if they are dropping these guys because they are, all these guys are kind of struggling. Number one, Cody Allen. He's demoted from the closer role. He was placed on the 10 day IL. He was already doing pretty, pretty poorly. Are you going to drop Cody Allen? I dropped him. Yeah, if I don't have the DL or IL spot, I'm definitely dropping him. Yeah, he he just wasn't doing that well for me already. And these other guys, uh, I mean, I think they're going to be a committee. I don't know if you can yeah. count on any one of these guys, to, like unless someone just really stands out. But yeah, Ty Butchery, I think, is probably the yeah. It's but, interesting because the manager said that he doesn't he he wasn't doubting Cody Allen's ability just last week. Then he gets demoted. Then he goes to the IL. Yeah. Yep. How how can we trust these managers? Yeah. Yeah. And it's back days. discomfort too, so that doesn't bode well. There's better pitchers with better talent, I think, in that bullpen. So hey, Jesus Aguilar is number two. Yep. Losing playing time to Eric Thames. Uh already I don't think he's hit a home run this year. If nope. if he has hit one, it's one. Yeah, nope. I don't believe so. Um, no home runs. Does he need to get demoted? I mean it, and then platoon Braun and and Thames at fir- at first. Yeah, so I are you going to drop Aguilar right now? I'm right considering on, yeah. you drafted him in yeah. the top 100. I mean, I'm right on the edge of that. He's hitting 130 right now, as you said. No power. He's only got nine hits. I mean, two doubles. That's it. I and and the thing is, is that you you know people talk about Eric Thames. Eric Thames hit 20 plus bombs just a couple of years ago. So Thames has the ability to to step in and take the heavy side of the platoon. So they have options in house already. So if he's already going to be losing playing time, they look at a platoon sort of things. Add that all up. I think I have to drop Aguilar. Okay. Yeah, although I, if you see him dropped in some leagues, you know it, things could change quickly. So I think definitely someone that if he gets dropped, I'm keeping an eye on. Maybe adding to my watch list because he can turn it around. His BABIP is at in, in the one seventies right now. Some teams, some teams, you have a spot where it's like a you're rotating it, yeah, and you can afford the chance on Aguilar. Other times. You have nobody to drop, no. and you need a streamer for Sunday, yeah. Yeah. and you're down five Ks or something like that. Yep. Yeah. So, oh, and sorry, I sold Thames short. Thames had 31 homers back in 2017. Yeah, he's so, typically hitting against righties, but yeah, and it's a righty dominant world. So, all right, number three, Eric Hosmer, second season with the Padres, and we, you know, people thinking that the first Padres season was a fluke. Well, it looks like that is continuing into the second season. Really, just not much power. Even the average isn't there. He's a high ground ball hitter. Are you ready to drop Eric Hosmer for one of these other first basemen that are coming up? Yeah, I mean, I have. I'm looking at some other guys, and even like a guy like J.D. Martinez, who I think is a sleeper. He doesn't have the, maybe the counting stats, but all of his surround like batted ball statistics are pointing in a good direction. The thing about Hosmer is that there's a lot of things that you would lend you to believe that he's going to be better than what he's doing. I mean, his hard hit percentage is up. His line drive is up. His ground ball is down. It's, so I'm not really sure what's going on with him. I, I thought maybe having Machado in the lineup would help rejuvenate uh, Hosmer. But yeah, I, I, I've dropped Hosmer. Mm. 
Yeah, I don't I don't think I drafted Hosmer very much into to begin with. And also he does play in a pitcher friendly park, so that all that doesn't help your power numbers either. So Yeah, that's why I was wondering Miguel Cabrera or Hosmer. Who would mm. you rather have season long? Are we assuming that Miguel if, Cabrera stays healthy for the You rest just have of to pick season? one. Who would you rather have? Uh okay, I'll go with Cabrera here. Yeah. Probably the same. Yeah, I would go with Cabrera, but I can also put Cabrera on this list as as a possible droppable as well. Yeah. Um, somebody I've had to consider dropping. All right. Uh, number four, Zach Godley. Uh, one good year in 2017, but has followed it up with two uh, less than stellar years. Mm-hmm. Are you ready to drop Zach Godley in your league? Straight dropping Zach Godley awful. Yeah. I mean, with Zach Godley, the problem has been control. I mean, last year, you know, you could say he was unlucky because his FIP was a 382 and he pitched a 474, but that did come with a league-high 12 hit-by-pitches, so he plunked 12 guys, and he had 17 wild pitches last year, too. You add that all up at a 1.44 ERA, and he's at a 1.59 ERA, uh, or sorry, 1.44 whip, and he's a 1.59 whip this year. I don't think he solved his control issues, and until he starts showing me something, that that's waiver-wire material for me. Yeah, right? plus you're not getting the Ks like you were before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Four players down, four drops from everybody. Number five. Brandon Morrow, you may be confused. You think, well, he's already been dropped or he's not owned in a lot of leagues. Well, a lot of the leagues that I'm in, uh, he's actually owned. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 31% and, ownership, so he's out there. Yep. Yeah, I mean, in, in the competitive leagues, I see people holding on to him more than maybe the casual league. So I I do see him, and when I look and you look at the availability in your leagues, he's only available in like one or two leagues. So, but he suffered a setback. He shut down for another two weeks. Kind of yep. tough. He's already had an injury history. Brandon Morrow, are you ready to drop him and move on? And yeah, you should be dropping him. him. I yeah. mean, he's he's not going to be back. I I doubt he comes back in the first half. Right. And uh, I I think you know there was a lot of that discussion in the beginning of the season. There's definitely I saw multiple uh, you know experts saying you should be drafting Strope mainly for this situation because we know Morrow's had a lot of history with elbow injuries, arm injuries, those sort of things. You know, and this is just the next the one, the next one, and so people were definitely doubting his health moving the season. Anyways, on the same note, though, how long are you gonna hold on to Kimbrel? Because Kimbrel's still unsigned. Um, well, I, I, yeah. I was able to unload Kimbrel for I think Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Um, but this was before Vlad was called up, so I think he still has value. People are holding out hope that he's gonna get signed, and he's probably gonna be the closer where he goes. So you got to hold on to him, but if somebody wants to offer me something for for Kimbrel, then mm. I'd have to consider it. But you know, some some teams, some managers, they manage for the second half. Yeah, and and they're thinking, well, Kimbrel's going to pitch in the second half, and he's going to be good. So if I can just get there, then I can take the sacrifice. Interesting. So yeah, I'm not dro- I'm not dropping him, mm-hmm. Kimbrel. Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting situation. I wonder how long he's going to hold out for this contract. I I heard yeah. that he was willing to go down to what was it? Three years. Three years. Yeah, or something like uh, forty five or something like that. All righty. Yeah. So let's move on to the next segment then: buying or selling. So I'm going to pose a statement for to about uh, some few different players, and you guys are going to tell me whether or not you buy that statement or you're selling that statement, and a little bit about why. Like so, it. So let's start. First guy, we'll start out with Jorge Polanco, sort of a guy coming out of nowhere. Tough is he? A, Jorge Polanco, you're buying or selling the statement that he's a top five shortstop for the rest of the season? Top five? Top, no, that's steep. Yeah, top five is a stretch for me too. Uh, but I do like Jorge Polanco's skill set. Uh, 
You saw him in 2017, 13 home runs, 13 stolen bases, came back last year. I mean, this guy could be a 300, 300 batting average, 350 OBP, home runs in the teens. I don't think that's enough to put you in the top five, but he is worthy of a starting shortstop in a 12-team league. Oh, yeah. I think he's le- – yeah, his OPS is in the top like four of shortstops right now. So that's a sell from Chris and sell from Rick. I'm going to go the other side. I'm going to say I'm going to buy that because, you know, you look at his underlying statistics. His BABIP is a little higher, 368 so far this year. That can come down. But remember, last year over 77 games, he held a 345 BABIP. So it's not like yeah. that, all, that luck is completely gone. And you look at his batted ball profile, he's pulling the ball more. So he's so he's up the uh, so his opposite field percentage has dropped uh, about eleven percent, and he's making harder contact too. His soft hit percentage is down about seven percent. You know his medium hard hit, his hard hit is up about nine. So the the underlying profile says he's pulling the ball more. He's putting more power into it. I can buy that. You know he might be a top five shortstop considering that shortstop has not traditionally been a power position. So if you can get you know twenty five homers out of a shortstop position, that's going to uh, move you up in the shortstop ranking. So I'm going to buy that. Yeah, to that <clears throat> he's pulling the ball more. Maybe he's going to start his fly ball percentage is way up. So yeah. maybe maybe he starts hitting more home runs. If he does, and it's possible, but I, I'm not buying that yet. Okay, so there's two sells and a buy for Polanco. Let's move on to the next guy, Christian Walker. Do his so Byron is selling the statement that his numbers point that he's going to have negative regression the rest of the season. Can't keep it up. I'll buy that, but it's not. I think Christian Walker, looking at his minor league stats and what he's doing so far, his batted uh, pro, uh, ball profile has has pointed to uh, a good a good player. And so, yeah, he's going to regress. I think he's ranked like thirty something right now, mm-hmm. but I think he can still be a top one hundred player. Um, so I'm going to sell on the statement that, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm going to buy. Mm-hmm. Some regression, but not enough that he would then be waiver wire. This yeah. is a vague statement. Exactly. Yeah. It's vague. Mm-hmm. Uh, but numbers point to negative. Yeah, his numbers definitely point to negative regression. But he's right now his numbers are crazy. So, yeah, he's gonna he can't keep yeah. this up all season. His bab is at 400. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be a top 100 player at the end of the season but right now i i want to say he's either leading the league or in the top five of like extra base hits mm-hmm. so whatever he's doing it's working yeah. and like chris said he did have a really great was it 2017 in the triple a mm-hmm. um so yeah i like to see what he's doing but yeah i think he's going to slow down at some point so but rick do you have him as a starting a player on the league on, on somebody's roster for starting first baseman in somebody's roster at the end of the season maybe not top 100 but starting starting yeah i think so Okay, so I'm going to have to disagree again with you guys on this one. I, I, in the sense of, yes, I agree that he's going to regress. I don't think I think that's a relatively easy question, but I think he's going to end up in the waiver wires by the end of the season because you talk about his underlying, you know, power that he had in AAA. Remember, this is in the PCL. You know, 30 home runs. It's a hitter-friendly environment in the PCL. 30 home runs in the PCL is is different than 30 home runs in some of the other AAA leagues. You know, he he doesn't he didn't really have the pedigree coming up. You know, I, and you know, I love talking about the pedigree. Wasn't that particularly? You know, he was a fourth round draft pick, but he wasn't on any prospect boards coming up through the minors. And this is late. I mean, he's only really getting you know uh, sufficient playing time when he's 27, 28. So it can't even really say he's a post type sleeper. I think this is a hot start, but I think he's going to regress, and I think he's going to end up on the waiver wire by the end of the season. This year's Aguilar. Yeah. He was like considered that. one of the top soon. prospects at the first base position not long ago. Okay. Again, I would love to see what your source is because baseball perspective. Roto MLB, World. 
I yeah, top prospect. I saw him on zero list, zero prospect list. Check your list. Zero top one hundred. I'm willing to go, take a chance. Go back through your list. All right. Will he be starting first baseman at the end of the year? Yes I don't, or no? I'm gonna buy that. Buy it. I'm Sell buying it. it. Buying selling it. it. Be bold. Mark right. it up. Buying or selling. Let's move on next. Guy. Buy or selling the statement that Nicholas Castellanos is going to hit 20 home runs this season. Bye, bye, bye. Baby, bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye. <laughs> That's it. Uh, That's all I got to say. 20 home runs. Get out of yeah, here. Come yeah. On. I, that seems. No, you don't need to think about let's, it. We should have marked that up. Maybe like 25. Is... Okay. So, like, I mean, let's talk about his numbers from last year. Last year, he hit 23 home runs. And the year before that, he hit 26. Now, this first two homers came. Yesterday, the 26th of April, and the day before that, the 25th of April. So he didn't hit home runs for basically the entire first month of the season. Mm -hmm. So assuming his home run rate continues with the way it is, you basically said, I chopped, what, a sixth of the season off, and now I have to chase 18 more home runs? I'm going to sell the fact that he hits 20. I think he falls just short of 20 home runs, mainly because I don't think This guy's hit the 44% fly ball percentage. His home run to fly ball percentage is 7.1, which has got to climb. Yeah. I I think 20 is in the... I mean, put it in the bag. Lock it up. Let's go. I don't think so. I'm I'm selling that he's going to hit 20. I think he gets to 18 or 19, but I don't think he cracks 20. Mm, Interesting. Let's move on to the the last guy we have on our list, Paul DeYoung. Do you buy or sell the fact that he's going to hit 20 home runs and hit above a 275 average this year. We have 25 home runs on here. Yeah, buddy. 25 home runs. He hit 25 in 2017. Uh, right now, okay. he's striking out a lot less. Let's, let's break this down into two parts. Okay. 25 home runs. Yes, for me. You're five. saying yes. Yeah. Okay. He, he has five home runs in 20 games. You, If he remains healthy, that's the big if, then 150 games, he's going to have 30 bombs. So there you go. I'm going to say 25 home runs. 275. Interesting. He has hit for high average in the past, mm-hmm. then dropped down to 240. Mm-hmm. I see this as a reasonable buy. Mm. Um, reasonable so I'm gonna buy. buy. I'm going to buy it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm buying it too because I am on the Paul DeYoung train. I think he is healthy this year. Lots of things are pointing in positive regression for him. Uh, I, like you were saying, I think last year he was battling some injuries. His hard hit percentage is back up. Healthy line drive. And the shortstop position, and I think he was available in a lot of leagues to begin the year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I've definitely picked it up, and I am buying that he's going to hit 25-plus, and he'll probably finish around 275, I'd say. Interesting. Uh, a Zips, Steamer, Depth Charts all have him at 21 or lower. Yeah. The Bat what Projections do they is the only one that has 25. What do they know? Yeah. So I think for DeYoung, I'm going to – I will buy the fact that he hits 25 homers just because he's already off to a five homer, you know, head start. And so I think even if he slows down a little bit, he'll hit the 25 homers. I'm going to sell the fact that he's going to hit above a 275. And really that comes to the down the fact that right now, if you look at his career, his his he has a reverse platoon split so he doesn't hit lefties very well. And so far he's hitting 385 so far this season against lefties, but he has only only one of his home runs has come against lefties. Four of them have come against righties. So I think that he's, you know, he's that's going to come back to some regression, and I think that's going to push him below the two seventy five batting average at the end of the season. I, the the projections on Fangrass with the R does that mean rest of se- what does that mean? That almost because if it's he's definitely going to hit more than nineteen. Like I don't think they would have projected that, but I, they might be saying the rest of the season he might hit nineteen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, which, which puts okay. him right up right sense. up against yeah. the the twenty. 24-25 range. So okay. I'll buy the hits more than 25. I'm going to sell the fact that he hits 
above 275. All right, that does it for the buying and selling, buying and selling. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with some waiver claimers. You're listening to your fancy baseball podcast, POTB, Points on the Bench. Oh, yeah. Welcome back from the break. We're going to dive into some popular waiver pickups of this week with our segment, Waiver Claimer. We're going to start with Hunter Dozier, who is just above 50% owned at 51. He is kind of taking the league by storm. I, is he actually brothers with Brian Dozier? Is that, is that a thing? No, no. So he, he, Why did I think that? It, nah, he's not I the same last name. Yeah, yeah but that's I, why you I, thought I, that. No, I think that I, I heard someone talk yeah. about that. Maybe not. All right. So yeah, Hunter Dozier. He's my first pick, right? Right above the fifty percent owned, but he's hitting three twenty four with seven homers so far. He's got the pedigree. He's a former first round pick. That pedigree. You know, and he's you know he's a career two sixty one hitter in the minors. And he had twenty three home runs back in twenty sixteen. So he's got a little bit of it, a little bit of pop. Uh, you know, obviously there's probably the, he'll have some regression, but I like him as a low-key post-type sleeper. He's 27, so he's right in this prime at this point. First base and third base eligibility. I have him on a couple teams. Nice. Uh, CBS was high on him, so Mm -hmm. we'll see what he does. My first pick this week is Griffin Canning, the top prospect in the Angels uh, farm system. Mm -hmm. He's 11% owned. It's going up each day. Yeah. He's struck out 9.5 per 9 through the minors. He's only 22 He's got a deep arsenal, and he was an all-star last year in the minor leagues. I'm willing to take a chance. I need pitching. Yeah? Yeah. Are they, they going to call him up for a spot start, or is he going to have some relief uh, Looks, coming out of the It's pen? a spot start. It's, it's Well, it's a start on Tuesday, and I don't know if they have plans on Demodium or not, mm-hmm. but the Angels pitching is pretty weak, yep. so I wouldn't be surprised if he stays around, and I also wouldn't be surprised if he throws only four or five innings in his first time out. Yeah. So I don't I don't know pick up with I would caution start him stream him you don't know if you'd start him but you'd pick him up I would start him you'd pick him yeah. up and then not start him but if I had uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> but no you're putting words in my mouth <laughs> you, just spot, said, spot, you just said I wouldn't start him spot starting see it, see see how he does and then make a decision from there got it gotcha yeah. alrighty what you got Rick Mister Sunny Gray who everyone's starting to pay attention to. We've we've talked about him before. Uh, he's now over 52%, but he's off to a, a solid, solid start. Uh, let's see. I think his K, he's struck out nine, I think, a couple times already this year. Um, his ERA to FIP ratio is something that I, I really like. His 3.65 ERA and his FIP's just below two. Uh, he's had a few good outings. And he continues to pitch good. As long as he's pitching well, I want him on my team. Yep. He's got nine strikeouts in the last two games. And those, those were against the Braves and the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Right? And, he only get, and not not to mention that he's not really walking guys. He's gone three games. Three of his five starts, he hasn't walked one batter. Yeah. And these are, these are all really good signs. And maybe he's, you know, we talked about him uh, – Joining his what was his college baseball uh, his uh, coach? Pitching coach pitching coach yeah. yeah maybe it's helping him yeah well I mean Sonny Gray the knock on him you know has always been his you know the fact that he's a fly ball pitcher and you know I was a little concerned for you know him going to the Reds which is a pretty pitcher friendly ballpark but I think going from the AL to the NL also helps in terms of not having to pitch against a DH so yeah that that, that seems reasonable to me he's only given up one home run mm-hmm. 
Uh, so hopefully, so hopefully he's 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 kept the ball down in the zone a little better. Yeah, I, I there's a lot of things like his spin on his fastball has increased, his curveball has increased. So I, I, yeah, I like Sonny Gray, mm. and if he's still available, I think he's worth a flyer. Yeah. All right, let's. I'll talk about my second guy, and I'll give you two guys that both are closers or seem to be getting closer opportunities. So you get two for the price of one. The first one, yeah. Sergio Romo, thirty-one percent owned. He's got three saves in the last week. He's probably the favorite to close in Miami, and it's a pretty, it's a very pitcher-friendly ballpark. The second guy in a very similar vein, Emilio Pagan for the Tampa Bay Rays. He's only seventeen percent owned yeah. in Yahoo, and he's got back-to-back saves the last two save opportunities for Tampa Bay. So again, pitcher-friendly ballpark, recent save prob- opportunities. Manage nail them down. I think they're the favorites right now. So if you need some saves out there on the wire, these are two guys I take a look at. Yep, I'd buy Romo. The uh, Pagan, he just got called up. Diego Castillo has three saves. Alvarado has three saves. It's really a committee over there. Yeah. I'd rather have Romo, who seems to be getting all the opportunities yeah. to save for the Marlins. I like me some Pagan though. Yeah, I mean he got the last two opportunities, and with with closers, especially by committees, a lot of it is who's the hot hand, and if they can. Get mark the territory down. The manager might give him a little more leash, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Alvarado and Castillo have done nothing but pitch well this year, so I don't yeah. know why they would get demoted all of a sudden. They maybe have them as openers since they're so good. Mm. <laughs> Michael Pineda is my number two, 19% yeah. owned. It's kind of been a mixed bag so far. His velocity is a little bit down, but I'm going to... I'm going to claim that that is working his way back from the knee injury, from the Tommy John that he had. So I think he's going to improve as the season goes on. He's had two two of his worst starts were the last two starts. Um, so hopefully he turns it around at 19%. I'm willing to take a chance. He's got some nasty stuff. Yeah. So his last two starts were his worst, but yeah. you're saying I mm. pick him up. I, I don't know. That story just doesn't check out with me. I'm concerned mainly because he's regressed on his last couple of starts. So uh, I I don't really know that I that I that I buy that that logic. Uh, I, I just he's he's not shown some, enough consistency for me to want to play around. I mean, if he's hot, pick him up. But when if he drops off, then I stick him back on the wire and look for a better. Streamer. Even with the two bad starts, his FIP is still or his, yeah, his FIP is four point two three. So I, I think there is some value there. He's keeping the walks down, and he can strike out guys. So yeah. Another guy for me is another pitcher, starting pitcher, and that's Mike Soroka, the youngster for the Braves. He's only 21 years old. He's had two games, I think he's pitched in now, two games, I believe, uh, against Cincinnati, Arizona. Not the toughest uh, competition, but he only gave up one run in each of those games. Um, his strikeouts are up, and I th- he's on a winning team, or at least the Braves are, are starting to uh, get healthier. I think Lindor is back. Uh, so I like I like uh, Soroka. Take a look if he's available. He has he has walked a little bit, um, but so far until he proves otherwise, I, I I'm going to keep throwing him out there. Yeah. All right. And my last guy, you know, I like to go with the deep league cuts for my last pick. Jake Junis. Jacob Junis is his full name. A hundred ten percent owned. And he, I think he's a, it's a question of his, you know, him having some bad luck at the end of the season. His five five seven ERA. It's definitely inflated versus his FIP of four twenty six. And he's got an inflated 19.2% home run to five ball ratio. And his bad is still high at 351. And so his peripherals indicate that he's started off with some bad luck. I think, you know, he had a good start last start. So he's turning it around. I think Jake Junis is a guy to take a look at, especially if you're looking for some streamer help. I do not like Junis. <laughs> Shin Su Chu, 42% owned. Don't look now, but he is becoming another 
another year, churning out another quality year as an outfielder. Yeah. So as long as he gets starts, this guy has a 414 OBP. That's going to drop. His BABIP's a little high, but I still think he has a lot of value. And I'm looking around the league, looking at other teams, thinking, who who are you starting in the outfield? It's right. poop. Yeah. Right. Yep. And poop, poop. Well, you got Go a guy choo-choo. 379 career OBP. So, I, and last year he finished with 377. So, if you're in an OBP league and he's available and you need help in your outfield, I'm definitely looking at you. Yeah. And not to mention the fact that he's a career 277 hitter, too. So, you can, he's definitely a bit of a help in batting average. And remember, I mean, this was a long time ago, but back in 08, 09, you know, he was hitting, he was hitting 300. So, the fact that he's at 318 right now, he might, he'll probably regress some, but. I don't expect that much of a drop off, and he was an all star at thirty five year old years old last year, so he's definitely still got something left in the tank. Yeah, I mean he's hitting ahead of the the Rangers lineup, who uh, they've been they've been yeah. mashing the ball lately. So, mm-hmm. all right, Rick, you got? Do you have a third one? I don't have a third one. It's all okay. Right. I can yeah. get an extra. Let's go to streamers. <laughs> Let's close it out with streamers. We're going to start with Tuesday and go through the week through Sunday, May fifth. Hanley, who do you got? Yep, so Tuesday, April 30th, I'm going to go put my money where my mouth is. I'm going to go with Jake Junis, who's 13% consensus owned. He's home against Tampa Bay. He is up against Blake Snell, but I have I have to go with the guy who I think is, is, is a decent streamer, so Jake Junis is my pick. I got Vince Velasquez, 13% owned, versus Detroit. Seal it up. I'm going to go with the... Valley Joe native, CC Sabathia, <laughs> 24% owned at Arizona. Is it, is it? At, oh, yeah, Logic, it is at, at Arizona. I, I, like, I like that one. I like that one. Yeah. Wednesday, May 1st. All right. I'm going to go with Trevor Cahill. He's 10% owned at home against Toronto. He's up against Stroman. I don't think it's that difficult of a matchup. I think Cahill can can maybe factor in the decision or get a quality start. I'm going with Chase Anderson, who is just below 6% owned consensus. He's flying under the radar, but he's had a couple good outings, and his numbers look good, and he's going against Colorado um, at home, though, so I'm going to take a risk there and roll out Chase Anderson. I'm going to take a risk, too, and I'm going to throw out Matt Strom at Atlanta, 34% owned. He started out slow, but his last few starts have been good. I'm going to roll with him, and if he does well in Atlanta, I might just keep him on my team. you got to be bold. Yeah. Be I, bold. I will say this. I do think next Wednesday, is it's kind of slim pickings for streaming. So if you're looking for guys to stream, Wednesday may not be the easiest of matchups. Chase Anderson. Yeah. Uh, all right, Thursday, May 2nd. Chris, you want to lead it off? All right, I'm going to go with a Brad Peacock, 42% owned at Minnesota. That's interesting. You know, he, he was a great reliever, and he threw some starts, and he was pretty good. Now this year, he's kind of... Falling back a little bit, but I still have faith in the peacock. <laughs> faith, faith in the peacock. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, Hunley, go ahead. All right, so I'm going to take uh, Eric Lauer, 12% owned. He's at Atlanta. He's up against Fulte Nowitz. I mean, you know, Atlanta, It's a, the ballpark has been playing pretty neutral, and so I think he can maybe log you a few quality innings, hopefully keep it reasonably close, and I think they'll, he'll be all right. Uh, I'm going to go with Tyler Skaggs uh, versus Toronto. He's been pretty decent. If he can keep the ball in the yard, he should do you pretty well. Is he com- He's coming back off the, the injury list today. today. Yeah. Though yeah. in the start. Exactly. So hopefully he can ramp up a little bit more yeah. next start. Knock, yeah. knock the rust off. Friday, May 3rd. Who wants to lead it off? All right. I will. Okay. Go for it. Zach Davies, 23% owned versus the Mets. I like it. 
That's a little risky. The Mets can hit the ball. They have some mashers over there. <laughs> Not against Davies. <laughs> Not against the Davies. I'm going to go with my boy, Sonny Gray, at the lowly San Francisco. No, wait, it's at home against yeah. the Giants. They don't have anyone that can hit, so <laughs> likely a win and a quality start. Yeah. He's going deep into games. I'm I'm, I'm getting on the Sonny Gray trade yeah. uh, train right now. All right, and I'm going to go with Brett Anderson. He's at Pittsburgh. Little 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 local love, I suppose, because you guys are not giving me any. Uh, and he's up against Chris Archer, who, you know, I just don't think has, you know, has figured it out. And I think Brett Anderson will get Chris some- Archer? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think he's consistent. You know, ever since he got traded, I don't. I think Chris Archer is a matchup you can pick on. I think Chris Davis will take him deep once or twice at least. Give Anderson some run support. So I think Brett Anderson could be in line for a win here. Yeah, I hear you. Saturday, May fourth. All right, so I'm gonna pick Derek Rodriguez at 31 percent owned at Cincinnati. He's up against Tanner Roark. Not the most difficult matchup. Decent. And, and you know, so yes, maybe he doesn't get the run support that he needs, but I think it'll be a lot of quality start at the very least. Maybe go deep into the game. All right, I'll go second. Mike Soroka. These are my waiver claimers. Throwing <laughs> them out there, but they got plus matchups: San yep. Francisco and Miami. They're, these are both bottom tier offenses, and Soroka will likely win that game. I'm going to go with Brad Keller, 42% owned at Detroit. If you're in a quality start league, well, I just gave you a quality start right there. Oh. Right now. <laughs> Sunday, May 5th, Cinco de Mayo. What are we doing? Who, who, Hanley, go ahead. Looks like we got a little head-to-head action. I'm taking Julio Tehran for the Braves at Miami against Pablo Lopez, whereas, Chris, you're taking the other side, huh? Oh, yeah. I'm going to throw out Pablo Lopez because, you know— Petey uh, Pob, mother. I, I, actually, I like Pablo Lopez. I like both both parts of the sides of that matchup. We know Miami's a gigantic park. It'll, it'll play well. You know, probably a pretty low scoreline if we're if, if if you know everybody you know pitches up to their potential. If I'm throwing Pablo out tomorrow against Philly, I'm throwing Pablo against Atlanta. <laughs> I think you should I double yeah. down. <laughs> double down. <laughs> if he gets blown up tomorrow, scratch it. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a tough matchup for him. Um, but I'll close out Cinco de Mayo with a bold pick in Luke Weaver. He's around 53% consensus ownership, so depending on what league you're in, he might not be available. And I'm throwing him out at Colorado. Mm. But in the Weaver, I'm a believer. All righty. I think that does it for streamers. And this week's episode, we covered possible droppables, buying and selling, some waiver claims, and all those streamers. Thanks for listening this week. Please leave us a review on your favorite listening platform, and we'll catch you next week. Peace. Peace.